Podcasting from the Chicagoland area. This is Game On with Jackson Stewart, where we discuss men's lifestyle, focusing on sex, fitness, relationships, business, and more. We'll be interviewing the best of the best, the hot shots, and the rising stars in the worlds of modeling, fitness, cooking, and more. Influencers who are discussing keeping it sexy while at the top of their game. I'm your host, Jackson Stewart. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the game. The game requires its players to be on point at their peak performance, and that requires they be healthy. Your man Jackson knows the importance of total wellness, a healthy body, and a healthy mind as well. Our guest tonight is not only trained in making us healthy, but he has used innovative steps to raise the player's level all around. Dr. Kojo Sarfo is a Guinan American psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. He's also an entrepreneur and a writer. Dr. Sarfo graduated from the University of West Alabama with his associate's degree in nursing and then obtained his bachelor's in nursing from Western Governors University. He went on to obtain his doctorate in nursing practice degree from Augusta University with a specialty in psychiatry. His three years of teaching experience as an adjunct faculty professor at the College of Nursing at his alma mater, Augusta University. He's also a TikTok phenom who has used his newfound status to educate people on health and wellness issues. Join me in welcoming the brilliant and innovative Dr. Kojo Sarfo. All right, folks, you just heard that amazing bio of our guest this evening. Join me in welcoming the brilliant and innovative Dr. Kojo Sarfo. Doc, how you doing? I'm feeling great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for being with us. Um, for We read the bio. For those who you know, may have jumped in after the bio or listening, uh, you know, I may have missed it. You are an innovator, in my opinion, because you've taken social media, you've made it fun, and you're using that tool to teach people about wellness and health. Can you tell the audience, um, what's, where's the best place to find you and under what username? Let's start there. Right. So I would say the best place to find me is probably on TikTok. That's where the majority of my following is at. Uh, so that would be at dr.kojosarfo. And then on Instagram, it's also dr.kojosarfo without the dot. But between Instagram and TikTok, uh, those two sites appear to be the, you know, the places where I'm gaining the most traction. So I'm kind of starting there and then I'll branch off into YouTube and Twitter again. But those two sites for now, uh, that's probably the best place where you can find me at. Now, where are you from originally? I'm from Ghana, West Africa, originally. So, you know, Ghana is a, a small country located, you know, West Africa, around Nigeria, around Togo. Uh, so a lot of times people will confuse me for being Nigerian because uh, I would say Nigerian culture is so much more popular. Uh, but Ghana is a small country out there, you know, in the western part of Africa. So that's where I'm from. I was born there, but I didn't grow up there. But, you know, me and my family were originally from Ghana. Okay, where'd you grow up? Uh, so I, the first, uh, you know, five, six years of my life, I grew up in Norway, you know, which is in Europe, uh, which is completely different from Ghana. And then after that, the family moved uh, in 1999 to Nashville, Tennessee. So it was like we picked the most random places <laughs> to kind of go to. 
Um, so you, between uh, you got a lot of those uh, uh, you got a lot of those stamps on you, Doc. <laughs> right. Yeah. Between Norway and then uh, Nashville, Tennessee, and then you know Norway is like maybe ninety eight percent white, and then we moved into Section Eight housing in Nashville. So it was like a complete, you know, um, uh, shift. Uh, so a couple of different environments I've grown up in. Now with that diverse of a of a of a growth experience, you know, clearly, like you said, you're talking three totally different cultures. How'd right. you end up in the medical field? Did you always want to be a doctor? Was there somebody in your family that was a doctor that inspired you? So I never wanted to. Uh, honestly, I did not know what I wanted to do growing up, and um, you know, my dad uh, by trade was an engineer. My mom was a social worker. Uh, so when my dad lost his job, uh, you know, around 2009, when the you know the financial crisis hit. Uh, he decided he had to do something for the family that could bring in some money. So he started his nursing journey, um, and then he took it all the way from uh, a master's degree in nursing. Then he got his PhD, and he became the first doctor in the family. Uh, and so watching my dad's journey, I decided that you know I want to push it to the furthest limit of whatever I'm doing. So my dad suggested because you know I had a poor GPA in school, he suggested that I you know give nursing a shot. You know if I don't fail, I could graduate at a young age and you know make impact on people's life while being financially stable. So I took his advice and by the time I was 20, I had an associate's degree in nursing and then I just kept going to school because I had time on my side. So after I got my bachelor's and I got my doctorate within you know, nursing and I was using it to teach and uh, do what I'm doing now. But uh, I would say my dad was the inspiration for uh, wanting me to get like a, you know, a doctorate degree because besides that, um, you know, I didn't really idolize people within the medical field. It was more so of you know, wanting to play football and basketball and rap, you know, things like that. So that's kind of the kid I right, was. Right, right. Are there challenges in the business for you? I mean, you're clearly established and you know, you've got accolades up and down, but are there challenges that you find still to this day that you have to face? I Yeah, uh, you know, I think, you know, being a African-American male, you know, I'm 6'3", so I'm, I'm a taller black guy, so... Uh, Working, you know, in mental health, you have to be very aware of who you are, you know, to the patient, who you are to your coworkers, and um, you know, the higher up you go, I feel like there's less people like us that you see out there. So you have to have good spatial awareness. You know, you have to, you know, keep boundaries is a huge thing in our profession because, you know, people are telling you their, you know, their worst trauma, their deepest darkest secrets. So uh, they're already a vulnerable population. So I have to, you know, do things like maybe keep the door open if I'm talking to a patient. You never talk to a female client by yourself in the room. So just small little things that I have to keep in mind because, you know, knowing that you are, a, you know, a black guy, uh, you don't have the benefit of the doubt. So whereas maybe uh, a white clinician or a, a white doctor or a white nurse, they wouldn't have to think about some of these things. It's constantly on the back of, you know, my mind because while I want to give the best care possible, I have to make sure that I'm not doing something that can be perceived as, threatening, you know, just by me standing over somebody. So there's these little small things I have to keep in mind uh, on a day-to-day, but um, it doesn't like ruin my life, but I do have to just, you know, just be mindful of it because, you know, you don't want any type of, you know, controversy, issue, allegation, anything like that. Now, your Twitter feed, um, you've got something that I find intriguing. I think it's very helpful, excuse me, that you have comic strips. Um, right. He's got, um, you know, illustrated panels. Usually from the ones I saw, there were one shots and, mm-hmm. you know, there's a person over here talking about how they feel. And then there's a cartoon version of you. 
who is clearly not six foot three in the cartoon. I like how right. You, right. <laughs> I tried to get a little who, bit. Who yeah, I'm exactly. to, yeah. He's on the eye level, but but it's just that comic strip. You know, very simply, person has a problem. Your character uh, empowers them, invigorates them, gives them some options to do. We all know that man as a overall struggle with defining their mental health and, and taking care of their right, health right. in general. I mean, women have their own issues too, obviously, and there's issues that men have. What are three issues uh, facing men's health right now? I mean, and, and we can say the pandemic is one, like that's a given, that, that's affecting right. everybody. What are three other ones that are uniquely specific to men? Right, so I would say for men, you know, the lack of transparency, that's the first thing that comes to mind. You know, because with women, when women are going through things, when there's a breakup or when there's something that's going on in their life that's clearly irritating them, they normally have an outlet. They have somebody to talk to about their feelings. You know, and as men, sometimes we like to say concealed and we don't want to let people know exactly how we're feeling. So I would say, number one, that's probably the biggest one, the lack of transparency with how we're actually feeling. Um, And also, as men, the second thing I would say is the way we define what a man is, you know? So me growing up, I was looking at guys who were successful, driving these fancy cars, making a lot of money, you know? So the way we define ourselves as men is that if we don't have the shiny objects, we're less of a man and that corrodes away and it eats at our identity. And then when you, you, you fail at certain things, you feel less of a man and it lowers your confidence. And these kinds of things like prevent you from, you know, chasing your dreams. And the third thing I would say that, you know, hurts our mental health um, as men is, you know, the way we approach our relationships, you know, with women, because a lot of times, you know, like the thing that guys say right now is, oh, I'm afraid to open up to uh, a lady because if I open up, she's going to hold it against me. And I've seen that happen a million times. But when you get to the point where you can open up and you don't really care what the other person says or how they react, then you're at, at an advanced, you know, stage of the game because you've had the chance to, you know, elaborate and talk about your feelings and you don't, you're not attached to the outcome. If, you know, that lady is going to hold that against you, then you're, you're not going to say, oh, I'm, I'm not going to talk to her again. What you're going to do is you're going to say, hey, it's mentally healthy for me to unload some of this stuff. So I'm going to keep being transparent in my feelings, but I'm not going to be with you. I'm going to have to find somebody else. Because that's not right, right. You know, whereas men stay w- with that person and then uh, they bottle, you know, their feelings up and, you know, working in the inpatient environment. I've seen men come in there, you know, with suicidal thoughts, homicidal thoughts, all because they went through some trauma, you know, a couple years back, but they never had the chance to let that stuff come out. And then when it gets to the most aggravated form, it's a full blown crisis. You know, so if the lady in your life is not supporting you on your mental health journey, she's got to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's how I feel. And it's well, it's so important that um, you know, people need to process a, a crisis. You know, after they go through the crisis, you know, some people process up front, you know, and they they right. may have the emotional, you know, they may have the emotional, uh, for lack of a better word, episode up front, and some people handle a situation and they go off and process later and. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's dangerous if you don't process, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. I'm clearly not the expert, but I've been around a little bit. And um, so I think that's important. I like that 
you, and this, maybe this speaks to your age, maybe this speaks to your experience, your comfortability with technology. Uh, most people in your field are still doing, you know, phone book ads, right? Um, right. You know, <laughs> referrals, right. et cetera. You were, you, you were proactive. You jumped on Twitter, you jumped on TikTok. Right. What, you know, where'd you get that idea? What, what, what clicked in, 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 in young Kojo's head that said, this is the way I can reach people. So, you know, I used to use, I mean, to be honest, I started using social media, you know, maybe 10 years back, you know, when Instagram came out and we had Facebook, I used it to, you know, be able to talk to girls, you know, because be, being a young guy, you know, you want to have a profile, you want to have a, a nice picture, right, you, know, right. you want to let you guys, you know, take pictures where girls can see you and things like that. So I started to do that, but then I started to see that a lot of women, instead of them using social media to get our attention, a lot of women would use social media to start like, you know, companies, like they'd start like a braids company, like dresses. And I was like, wow, I'm on social media to chase women. They're on social media to make money. <laughs> and I realized that, yo, we can, I can do the same thing, you know? So once I got my degree and I started to work within the mental health field, I started to, you know, use Instagram back in 2017 to talk about mental health awareness, talk about the importance of being upfront with your feelings, talk about the importance of being apologetic about who you are as an individual. Um, and Instagram, I, I would say for like the 10 years of me having Instagram, I had like 3,000 followers. I didn't get anywhere with it. Um, but then now I have 60 something thousand, which all came within this year from TikTok. And uh, in regards to TikTok, you know, I, uh, I followed Gary Vee on Instagram and he kept talking about get on TikTok, get on TikTok. And I thought it was an app for like, you know, small girls to dance on. But I got on right, there and right. I nearly... I nearly deleted it because I didn't know how the platform worked and I didn't see people like me um, in like, you know, healthcare professionals or black men, especially black. I didn't see black guys on TikTok. So I was like, man, this, this, this ain't something for us. You know, it's not what we're supposed to do. But then uh, my brother, younger, my, my younger brother said something that changed the way I approached TikTok. He told me that the kids in the school pay more attention to TikTok than the actual teachers. He said that they don't even pay attention to class. They scroll up and down on TikTok all day. And then I started to think, okay, if I post content in their language, I could have the attention of the kids much more than the teachers. So slowly I started to talk about my journey and I talked about what I was passionate about. And then before you know it, I had like maybe 10,000 followers and 20 and 30. And then I got an invite to uh, Los Angeles for a Black History uh, Month TikTok creator event. Um, and that was what really solidified my passion. And it just, reaffirmed to me that, okay, this is a platform which is essentially the future. So I started to put our consistent content on the app uh, ever since that day. So you've got, um, you know, you've got your, your practice and then you've got social media. What's a day like for you? Like, how do you balance out those two worlds? You know, because I think a lot of people a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people, you know, who are business minded now realize social media is a, a big player, right? But they struggle to find the balance. So, how, how do you get that balance going every day? I, it's been a constant struggle all year, honestly. It's been, to be honest and transparent, it's been a difficult struggle. There have been nights where I've had like maybe four hours of sleep, and then I'll have to, um, one thing I do with my puppy, like I'll take her to spend a night at doggy daycare, like the next day, so that way I can catch up on sleep. So it's been quite hectic trying to balance, 
you know, working 40 hours a week plus and then putting out consistent, um, you know, content on social media, which is good and that people want to follow. So I've been using my assistant this year, you know, uh, my brothers, you know, because they were in online school. Uh, they flew here to Virginia. They spent like a month or two with me. They were helping me out with like little errands. So I, I asked for a lot of help. You know, I've had a lot of help uh, to be able to push our content and do, you know, my practice. And it reached a point where I realized I could not keep doing the two. So I saw myself approaching the level of burnout, you know, so I resigned from my full-time job and I'm in the process of moving to California. I'm going to do social media full-time. Like that will be what I do. Uh, and I'm looking to use telehealth um, to see patients. That's going to be my game plan for now. So maybe I'll block out a day or two and I'll see patients uh, through telehealth um, on the West Coast. Uh, and then the rest of the time, I'm going to dedicate it just to social media because I, I believe in the platform uh, like TikTok. I believe in TikTok and Instagram so much to where I feel like uh, it's time to go all in. Now, you talk about mental health in your field, and um, and then we're going to get through some more questions. I know we're racing okay. the clock a little bit, but what's what's the biggest misnomer you want to clear up about men and mental health? Like, guys are going to be listening to, you, to this episode, and what's the one thing that, if you could get them to change this, you feel like you could, you know, you feel like you could help them astronomically, you know, like doctors right. who deal with diabetics say, Hey, if I could get people to be aware of their sugar level, or if I could get people to be aware of this or that, what is that? What's that answer for you? I would say the number thing that we need to know as, as men in regards to mental health is you define what a man is for you because masculinity is at the core of our identity. And anytime somebody does anything that makes us feel like, you know, less of a man, we don't like it. You know, that type of feeling is so corrosive to, you know, our, our, our inner self. Um, because, you know, like as a man, like you want to be a manly man, you want to, you know, stand on your own two feet, you want to be independent. Um, these are all things that we, you know, we aspire to be, we look up to men who cons we consider to be like, you know, independent or like alpha, you know. Uh, but in order right, to do right. that, you, you have to define what a man looks like for you. Uh, you cannot live your life for anybody else. You cannot be concerned about the opinions of other people. That's one thing that we really have to, you know, stop doing, you know, and I'm going to be using my YouTube to talk more about this type of thing because for the longest, I always, for example, like in my head, I thought that a man who makes six figures is a man. So if you don't make six figures, you're not a man. And and here's a, like a, a true story. I remember one year I got my, my uh, W-2s back. I was about to file taxes. I looked at my income and it was 93,000 and I felt so insecure because I was around the other guys who were making way more and they asked me how much I made. And I was like, you know, it's, you know I make a little bit here and there, but I was embarrassed. And this is a kid who from, from West Africa grew up in section eight housing in, in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm embarrassed to make $93,000 a year, which is really good money. So that shows how delusional it has become. You know, so we see all this stuff in the media to where we think that, oh, okay, uh, a man is this, a man is that. Um, and if you don't uh, achieve that level of what you think a man is, it's going to lead to depression. Um, and that depression can like be like the beginning of a domino effect and it can lead to a lot of anxiety. And sometimes when you don't hit your goals and you feel like you're unworthy, it can lead to suicidal thoughts and then your confidence is shot. And then everybody that you interact with, they can feed off your energy. So you can avoid all of this by just 
defining what a man looks like for you, not being concerned about other people's, you know, thoughts and opinions. You know, when you get to that point, it's the most liberating feeling of all time. You know, and I, just from a personal standpoint, I've known, I've known men and either in my family or friends who, once that masculine identity got rocked, like they lost their job, you know, through yeah. through no actions of their own, just layoffs or, or health issues. And, and, um, it, it, it's like, they were lost, man. Like, you know, like they yeah. didn't know who they were and then just a bunch of anger set in and so on. So, um, right now, you know, you've got a book out, you've got a podcast. Can you tell your, can you tell our audience? You can tell your audience too. Can you sure. tell our audience? about uh, about the book where they can find it and about your podcast as long as your podcast okay. isn't competing with mine then you can talk about it. <laughs> well you don't have to worry about my podcast because my podcast was i was uh stripping the audio from my youtube videos and putting it on my yeah. podcast but i don't like that formula anymore so i haven't i've been inactive on the podcast for a while and i don't know how my talent converts to a podcast and on youtube i was more so uh talking to people who want to become healthcare professionals so my my target audience was much different from uh, the people I'm talking to now, people who want to know more about mental health. So the podcast is kind of on hold. I'll figure out what I'll do with that later on. But my book is still uh, in full force. Uh, it's called You Already Won. Uh, it's selling on uh, Amazon right now. So you could literally just type in You Already Won on Amazon. You'd see it. Or if you go to my Instagram or my um, TikTok uh, profile, if you click the link in the bio, my book will be one of the first links in there. Um, and this book is pretty much my journey through, you know, my life. And the thing I like about my book is the fact that I talk about my educational journey from where I was to where I am now. But at the same time, I'm also telling the story about, I'm telling a story about the importance of mental health awareness. So as you're learning about me, you're learning about different nuggets about, you know, mental health tips at the same time. Uh, so that was, that's what I like the most about my book. And we'll make sure that we put that link out there, Doc, so people can. Uh, I appreciate you know, when, that. When people, yeah, no, I, I appreciate everything you're doing, that people can get access to it. Uh, in keeping with the theme of sexiness on the show, what is the sexiest thing about you? And every guest hates this question, so don't feel don't feel bad if you pause. No, no I, I, I love that question. I love that question. I think, for me, I would say the sexiest thing about me is the fact that I'm not concerned about the opinions of other people. Um, not even, you know, like siblings or parents or, you know, like when I'm in a relationship, even that person's opinion, it doesn't really rock me uh, the way it used to. And I'm only this way because I really struggle with that, you know, coming up. Like if, you know, a friend said something that wasn't, you know, in line with what I, you know, believed, you know, I would feel like less than or I'd say, well, why do you think this way? You know, um, if a girl I was dating felt like I need to do this thing and I wasn't doing it. I say, okay, am I doing not doing this enough? And you know, of course, my parents, you know, they sacrificed so much for me. So when I felt like I wasn't doing what they wanted, it would lower my self-esteem. So it got to a point where I realized that I couldn't keep living life for other people. Um, and now I take the path of least regret. You know, I do the thing that I feel like intuitively within myself is the best decision for me, the best thing that I can do to put myself in a position to help other people. So I'm not concerned about the opinions of other people. And by doing that, I've actually been more successful. Because when I was living for other people, like, you, like you're walking on eggshells at all times, like you're trying to keep them happy. But now that like I'm living my truth and you know using TikTok videos and dancing and all this stuff, which people would have clowned you for in the past, 
now I have a half a million people who support me in my mission. So that just kind of like reinforces me to just keep being, you know, being myself. Don't be worried about what other people are saying. And I think as more men adopt that, I think that that's a sexy trait for anybody, you know, man or, or uh, you know, a woman, just to kind of be like convinced that what you're doing is what you should be doing and not being concerned about people's judgment and things like that. You know, in answering that, you answered the next question I was going to ask you is, you know, with your experience with, um, you know, the way men think and, and men's life's experiences. And uh, so I was going to say, what makes a man sexy? But it sounds like your answer would be that that liberation, you know, that, right. you, you know, you live your life, you know, you you value people, but their their opinions don't destroy you. Exactly. And. Uh, there's a balance because a lot of times I want to be able to like take in feedback from somebody because I don't want to be this high head who I think that oh, I'm on top of the world. You can't tell me anything. I, I, I like when people disagree with me. Uh, it doesn't mean that I'll agree with what they're saying, but I like hearing, you know, differing opinions and okay. Oh, you think this way. Okay. Maybe I could learn from, you know, this or that. Uh, but like as men, when you, when you, and you have to keep in mind, like when we value certain things, we're going to act differently, you know? So like when, you know, like you feel like your parents have done so much for you and they feel a certain way, you'll kind of want to make them proud. So even for me, like leaving my job, which has been paying all my bills and, you know, for me to do that, that's not like a, that's not a thing that an African child would do because, you know, we came from nothing. So we always take the secure path, the safe path, you know, but I can't live my parents' dream. I have to do what I need to do for myself. And a lot of guys, I think, you know, like when we're dating sometimes like you're talking to a girl that you really like and it seems as if we struggle with women that we really really like because if, if you kind of like her you're like ah whatever i'll get another one right but like when you're really digging the chick and like she likes the same music that you like and you know y'all have mutual interests and you're like oh like i really really like this chick sometimes you feel the need to kind of conform to what you think she would want you to do um and i actually believe that the more you you stand your ground and, you know, not agreeing with everything, but if you're like, you know what? Yeah. You like, you know, you know, you like the pisses, but I like the bulls, you know, or you like Chipotle, but I like, you know, Subway, you know, but just you having your opinion of what you like, I think that's a very, uh, a sexy and confident thing. Cause it shows that you're not, you know, willing to just change based off of what people say. But I think it's men, we really struggle with that. Um, so that's something that we all need to like work on. All right, folks, it is time for the quick game where we like to give our guests a chance to run through some entertaining questions. Doctor, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Do you Instagram your food? Uh, I do. <laughs> all right. At some point later, I'm going to clown you about that. <laughs> Dark chocolate <laughs> or milk chocolate? Uh, milk chocolate. If you were given the opportunity to fly into space, given today's technology, would you take it? No. <laughs> uh, for a journal, paper or computer? Uh, paper. Would you rather come to face with a miniature lion or a giant rat? Both are in a bad mood. Miniature lion. <laughs> uh, black beans or refried beans in your burrito? Uh, neither, actually. L.A. or New York? LA. Sour Patch Kids or Swedish Fish? 
soft ass kids all day. Uh, uh, what size bed do you prefer? Uh, I have a king. How do you feel about cranberries? <laughs> uh, I hate them, but I like cranberry juice. Uh, and last question, who inspires you? Uh, my father. Good people, sexy people. That wraps up our interview with the masterful Dr. Kojo Sarfo. Doc, thank you for joining right. us this evening. Uh, one more time, let people know the best place to find you, please. Uh, so I just want to thank you for you know reaching out. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be on this podcast, and uh, I appreciate and support what you do. Uh, and to find me, the best place to find me is you know you just open up the TikTok app. If you type in Kojo Sarfo, it'll pop up. It's you know at Dr. Dr. Kojo Sarfo. Now, on Instagram, it's the same thing, but you remove the, the doc. So it's just Dr. Kodosarko on Instagram. Uh, and those two platforms are the best place uh, to find me. And from there, you can get to my book and my website uh, pretty easily. Doc, we will see you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hope you are all healthy and safe out there. By all means, feel free to uh, catch previous episodes at www.gameonwithjack. Good people, sexy people, that wraps up our show. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show via whatever podcasting platform you use. You can follow me on Instagram, JacksonStewart2, on Twitter, and you can get all my links via allmylinks.com forward slash JacksonStewart01. We're also on YouTube and you can find any of the links to social media, to the eBooks via www.gameonwithjack. Takes you to the podcast site over on the right, links, there you go. Thank you all very much. I really do appreciate you guys uh, tuning in, checking out the uh, the podcast, downloading it. If you want any, uh, if you got any show recommendations or any guests you think would be awesome to have on, please feel free to uh, leave me a comment we will check it out and until then uh, stay sexy and game on